This is the Life Truth Network. on Luke, our hero meets a new friend. I was expecting to find my friend Zephaniah. He had been sharing accounts with me of Jesus' early ministry. Oh, don't worry. He should be around back by the fig tree. And then he learns about Jesus stirring up emotions among religious leaders. Stretch out your hand. And he did so and his hand was restored. But they were filled with fury and discussed with one another what they might do to Jesus. Today on Luke. With the disciples identified, Jesus continued preaching in the plains in the region of Galilee. For this other little problem. Let me wash off your hand and tend to this little cut. Is it serious, Dr. Luke? Not at all. Just keep this bandage on and try to keep it dry. You know, your husband sure has plenty to tell about Jesus and his ministry. Did you travel with him as well? Oh, heavens no. We had been married for some time before the Master began teaching and healing. But one thing you should know about our traditions is that there is no way of making your bride move if she doesn't want to go. Scripture may teach that woman came out of man, but it says this about marriage. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother to cling to his wife. That's right. It never claims that a woman should leave her parents to cleave to her husband. And just try getting one of these stubborn Jewish women to go somewhere when she's comfortable where she is. Well, it's not that a bride doesn't ever travel. Sarah went with Abraham everywhere he went. Rebecca left her homeland to marry Isaac. But those are the exceptions rather than the rule, and they made the decision to go. They were not forced to go. I see. Now, don't get me wrong, I did go to some of the sermons of the Master that he did around here. Remember that big one he did on the plains right out of town here? I sure do. I was on the heels of calling his first disciples, and the Master spoke on the topics he often taught anywhere he went. He spoke of blessings, love, being genuine, wisdom, and so much more. I recall so vividly, we came down from the mountain, and Jesus began teaching the crowd. And he came down with them and stood on a level place with a great crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea and Jerusalem and the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon who came to hear him and be healed of their diseases. And those who were troubled with unclean spirits were cured. 
and all the crowd sought to touch him, for power came out of him and healed them all. And he lifted up his eyes on the disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you shall be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you shall laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, and when they exclude you, and revile you, and spurn your name as evil on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day, and leap for joy, for behold, your reward is great in heaven, for so their fathers did to the prophets. And those are blessings to be poor, hungry, and hated? I know that might sound backward, but through the patience in enduring those kinds of hardships, we store up treasures in heaven. But rejoicing? How can anybody rejoice in hardships? All I can say is that it places us in the same footing as the many prophets who are also hated, but still did the will of the Father. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full now, for you shall be hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you shall mourn and weep. Woe to you when all people speak well of you, for so their fathers did to the false prophets. Whoa. Is there something you need to be clarified, Dr. Luke? If I get this right, Jesus is balancing his blessings with woe. Yes, in the first case, he is saying that we are blessed in enduring hardship. And that we shouldn't seek after riches or being thought well of men. Because if we do, we have received all the reward that we'll ever get. And it is not the eternal reward that he wants for us. The Master's words weren't only on blessings and woes. He also had a lot to say about loving one another. Even some surprising things about enemies. But I say to you who hear, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. To one who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from one who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Give to everyone who begs from you. And from one who takes away your goods, do not demand them back. And as you wish that others would do to you, do so to them. Now wait a minute. I'm supposed to not only love my enemy, but I should be praying for him? Bless and do not curse him. But to just let people take something or, or be struck, that's bad enough. It is what the Master commanded. We must treat others with the same kindness we would like for ourselves. Loving others is what sets us apart from other religions. 
or even from the way sinners treat each other. If you love those who love you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to get back the same amount. But love your enemies, and do good, and lend, expecting nothing in return. And your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, for He is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. Be merciful, even as your Father is merciful. You see, Dr. Luke, as being in Christ is one thing to love, but the kind of love we show demonstrates how much we love our Lord. His love is even for the sinner and those who are against him. All of us are sinners before coming to him in faith. Where would we be if he didn't love us in our sin and call us out of it? Right where we deserve condemnation. The Master has always loved everyone and doesn't want any of us to perish. All he asks is to love the sinner the same way he does. It's still a mind-boggling concept to keep on giving everything away. Well, the Master went on to teach forgiveness. Judge not, and you will not be judged. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Is anyone at home this morning? Come on in, my friend. Grace and peace to you. We're in the back room. How was the catch this morning? Good enough. I think we managed to leave a few fishes in there for tomorrow. Luke, my brother, grace and peace. Are you back to write more to your friend, Theophilus? Yes, we were just finishing up with Jesus' sermon from the plain. You mean the one where he preached on blessings and woes? Yes. And loving your enemies? Yes, that's right. And the one with the parables about... Ah, yes, the parables on judging correctly and recognizing a false believer. Wait, wait, there's more? Oh, and the one about the half and about the true believer. Hold on, hold on. Why don't you then take this outside under the fig tree? I'll make some refreshments for you. Presented by the Protectorate Players, Luke Nathan Calderwell, Jesus, J.D. Sutter, Zephaniah, John Steinkopper, 
Mrs. Zephaniah Robin Helsley. Tiberius Keith Helsley. Music in the show provided by permission of Forgotten Sound. Middle East. The presentation of Protectors of the Book and Quest for Truth. Life-Truth.com Scripture content has been recorded using the ESV Bible.